You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini, and joining me, as always, is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, since we last spoke, the Islanders played four games. They lost three of them. And for some reason, I find myself both irritated and oddly encouraged by those four games. And in fact, those three losses even as well. Uh, it's a little strange. I'm sure there's people out there that don't agree with me, but... Uh, what did you make of these these four games, three losses, and one uh, shutout win? Yeah, I think uh, you're right. Like, if you if you look at them um, from a general process point of view, uh, the Islanders, I think, were the better team in basically all of them. Uh, I guess you can make an argument that that game against the Flyers, like maybe they weren't because of their opponent and yeah. and whatever. But I. I I have nothing, no problems with their um, form or, you know, the, the way they played, but I have a lot of fear about the results. And a lot of that is just, we, we talked last, you know, episode about timing is everything And this, this episode, you know, it still holds true. And the, the timing from uh, around the Islanders has, has, kind of that's that's what's scaring me right now is is what's going on with you know Pittsburgh as as we've said is mm. something that's coming like they go on an annual 17 2 and 2 stretch everyone talks about you know how great Cindy Crafty is and it, it, this, the thing is it's the same thing every season and, and I don't mean to make light of this because I know you know it's a serious issue and I'm, I'm not doing that at all I'm just you know saying stating a fact here that it seems like the Penguins suffer a catastrophic injury mm. or or multiple 
catastrophic injuries um, to key players. And then that's what kind of like all of a sudden clicks them into gear. Like they, right. the, you know, like the, you'll hear, wow, the Penguins are starting, you know, Brian Boyle, first line center, because they don't have any other NHL players. And then, you know, two weeks later, they're like, wow, 17, 17, two and two for the Penguins. Who saw that coming <laughs> with the way those injuries were piling up? And we're in the midst of that. And uh, the other thing too, is you look uh, across at the Rangers uh, and one thing that's really been pissing me off this whole season is that the 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 Rangers are you you'd think that the team was about to be moved to <laughs> you know Cleveland or something with the way that right. people were treating the way they started the season and I get like you know their expectations were high and that they're underwhelming compared to their expectations but they're I believe Larry Brooks threw around the no heart accusation yes. the other day. I might be wrong about that, but yeah, yeah you got you got yeah. the the you got Brooksy. He's losing his mind because it's his, he's chasing a ring. You know, he's he's probably right. retiring pretty soon. And uh, he got you know the the, the media is talking about how uh, you know the, the the Rangers were everyone's you know, cup dark horse, even though they mm-hmm. they've just made it to the conference final. So I uh, you know I can be a dark horse is beyond me, but. Um, <laughs> And then, and then you know they start slow compared to what everyone expected, and yet they're they're like three points behind the Islanders right now. They're playing tonight in Vegas, and there's this whole you know hubbubaloo about the Rangers' slow start. And not once, and and one Islander beat writer in particular said that the Islanders were comfortably in a playoff spot, like in an, in an article a week ago. I can't even, I can't remember what game it came after or before, or whatever. And I wanted to unsubscribe from that subscription right away because <laughs> you can't be you can't be comfortably in a playoff spot in this division they're not you can't since Sidney Crosby Evgeny Malkin and Alex Ovechkin came into this division Henrik Lundqvist Igor Shesterkin like you can't ever be comfortable in this division you can be comfortably out of a playoff position as we know because right. last year at this time the Islanders were but you can't be comfortably in one if you're the Islanders and and now that the the you know this this whole I don't know riot act with the Rangers um, was going on, and I'm just thinking to myself the whole time like they're they're three five points behind the Islanders, game in hand here, game in hand there, whatever. Like you, this is horrifying because they're gonna all of a sudden win a game that they don't deserve to win, like they did in St. Louis. I turned into that game. It's dark in my room. And I just felt something ominous. I was like, <laughs> you know, blues are up. Everyone's saying that Rangers are done. They're going to fire the coach on the, on the flight to Vegas, put him in a cab. And <laughs> they, I'm like, they're down one goal to a team that is an absolute circus right now. The blues are a circus. Yeah. And what, did, what happened? They come back, they win. And now they play Vegas and they're one win away in Vegas on Wednesday night from being one point behind the Islanders. And everyone's saying, how about the Rangers turning things around and battling through the mm-hmm. adversity and then putting pressure on the Islanders with that momentum behind them? Um, so that's why I'm, you know, afraid of the results that we've seen. And, and they're terrifying because it's not just what's going on with the Islanders, but it's what's happening around them. And something was really like a chill went up my spine during that Rangers Blues game because I knew as soon as Chris Kreider scored that breakaway goal that he was gifted. You know, Sam Rosen will tell you what a what a, a a true leader he was scoring a shorthanded goal when the team needed it most when Ivan Barbashev passed him the puck 
<laughs> gave him a two two zone breakaway to beat Jordan Bennington, the worst goalie in the world. Um, and I knew right then and there, I was like, the Islanders are going to lose tomorrow because this this is turning into a classic. Everyone was saying the Rangers, the sky was falling around. Their fan base does not know how to handle the inconsistencies of a team. Like this is how NHL teams play. Like sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. What you saw last year was an aberration. And it's not always no quit in New York. A lot of times New York quits like a lot. And it's, and now it's just, I'm incredibly scared of what's to come because this stretch for the Islanders coming up is really tough. The, the pressure is going to mount on them and they're now out out their number one defenseman. Yeah. We're going to talk about that uh, in the second half. We're going to talk about the schedule coming up in the second half and the injury to Adam Pellick. Uh, in a little bit as well. Um, yeah, no, I'm not disagreeing with you at all, particularly about the Penguins and Rangers. Um, you know, they're, they were bound to get hot at some point, bound to quote-unquote turn things around when it basically means just getting the bounces when they weren't, particularly in the Rangers' case. You know, they got bounces for an entire season, and then they got... An off-season. They stopped getting bounces. Yeah, they got every bounce all last season. And <laughs> yeah. this year... They hadn't gotten any, and now, you know, it's going to happen when they're going to start getting them. That being said, um, you know, I was thinking about it this morning. Like, if you told if you told most Islanders fans that, you know, the first week in December, the team would be, you know, in a wild card spot where they are now. They would have one of the better goal differentials in the league. Um, they have, you know, two of the best goalies in the league coming off a, a shutout. Uh, this week, I, I think most people would take it and they'd be like, all right, well, that's too bad. That's, that's fine. You know, it's certainly better to, to be in, in the playoff picture than out of it at this point of the year. And, and I'm definitely concerned about the wins, but at the same time, I would be lying if I didn't say that I enjoyed how they played in these last three games, even though they, they only got wins in one of them. Let's just get the Philly game out of the way real quick, even though it feels like it was, they got played 10 years ago. So this was, Last Monday, it was the second of the home-at-home against the Flyers. And uh, the Flyers had lost 10 games famously, the 10th one being to the Islanders. Like, you kind of knew they were going to win this game. I mean, it's very hard to lose more than 10 games in a row. The Flyers do it all the time. They've done it for like three or four years in a row. And uh, they were home. And give them credit for for coming out and playing really well. Did the Islanders play well? No, quite frankly, they didn't. Um, and, uh, you know, Sorokin was pretty good. He played, he got 30 saves, but... Uh, it was it was basically all flyers all game and and you know again they they started the game started with two fights and it felt felt like the Islanders you know had gotten in those two fights and were like yeah that's enough and then they moved on and then they just were never into the rest of the game whereas the Flyers were I don't know what energized but they seemed to be more interested in kind of winning the game than than winning the fights they stemmed from the season the game before the hit Romanov blah 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 all that stuff so it was kind of stupid but uh, <laughs> I mean that game felt like a long time ago but. I'm glad it's over. Congrats on the Flyers who were, you know, one and eleven in their game. I don't know what they what they've been since they're playing right now, actually, as we speak. But uh, yeah, I mean, anything on that game that you remember? I mean, it it started out all right. Dobson scored, and he's been doing that a lot lately. But I mean, that was the Islanders were never really in that game, unfortunately. Yeah, the, the one thing I remember it was you said it's now eight days ago or so, and um, the Islanders are are my life, right? Like I I look I watch these games even though, you know, they make me miserable a lot of the times. Hmm. And the ESPN broadcast of that game. Oh, my God. Had to have been the least enjoyable awful. viewing experience I've ever had watching a hockey game. And, I, and I don't say that lightly because, 
you know, I've, I've, I went, I went to, once went to a game at Nassau Coliseum where I dragged my friend and his dad to, I think their first hockey game ever. They played the Vancouver Canucks. I want to say 2006, seven season, maybe the one after that. And it was like six, one after the first period for the Canucks. And we stayed the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it was my fault that we stayed too. Cause like they didn't want to like upset me. Uh, I've, I've, I've seen it all. You've seen it all. Everyone listening mm-hmm. to this show has seen terrible hockey viewing experiences. We saw a lot of them last year. I was at the New Jersey Devils game this season. I was at the Arizona Coyotes <laughs> game this season. I would watch that New Jersey Devils game 5,000 times before I had to watch a rebroadcast <laughs> of what we what ESPN served up to us on Tuesday, it's last so Tuesday. Bad. So bad. It, it, John Bucci-Gross has this way of making it seem like you are tripping on like shrooms or something and you're having a bad <laughs> trip and he's calling the game to irritate you you know mm-hmm. like it's it it seems and i i thank god i know that because i was talking with so many, i couldn't believe how many people were like dming and texting me like i can't watch this my friend was like i'm doing the dishes instead of watching and i'm just like checking the score because <laughs> i can't watch the game like it's making me right. not want to watch and uh but he does he has like this way of like needling you even though he's calling a hockey game and then you had like i think it was kevin weeks was the the mm. uh color guy that uh day right it was yes weeks color commentator bucci gross and um the two of them together and and like i think weeks is fine he's entertaining like when he's you know doing his thing but because the two of them are 99 percent catchphrase at this point (laughs) it was like watching uh like i like a the worst i don't know i can't even put a thing on it but it was terrible and irritating i wanted to I watched on mute. I watched on the Spanish version for a while. It was just like, it, then you throw in like those ads, which I think like we don't need to get into because like everyone knows how annoying those are. But like when you put all that together, why would we ever watch that game ever? Yeah. Like I, I couldn't believe how, how irritating that game was to watch. It was, I said that that game would have been 35% less irritating if it wasn't on ESPN, like if it was just a regular old, you know, Brendan Butch MSG game, it would have been annoying because of the loss. But at the same time, it would have been at least a, a much more pleasurable listening experience. My thing with Bouchergrass is that everybody had that friend growing up. You know, we all used to play the old EA games on like Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. And everybody had that friend that was always doing play by play on the couch next to them. And there was it was terrible and loud and, and they were like kind of doing a parody of ESPN and annoying, you know, play by play guys. He's doing that to an audience on ESPN of paying customers. And it's unbearable. <laughs> it was, it's, it was unbearable when your friends were doing it in high school and it's unbearable even more now. It's just awful. I had to know if like somebody, cause we didn't really hear anything about this. Cause all, whenever we, you like a, a uh, an outlet, a media outlet covers the, um, media coverage of a team um, or sport mm. or a league. It's like, wow, this league signs $1.2 billion deal with Canal Plus in France to, to, you know, show that, to get the rights to broadcast NHL games in France. There's never any, like, here's a review of, of this, you know, broadcast. I know they do it like the local ones, but that's mm. a fan survey, right? Like right. The, there's never any deep dive into, Hey, has the ESPN broadcast, because it can't just be Islander fans. Like, oh no, everybody hates it. <laughs> yeah. So like, it, this stuff generally seeps into 
I would think mm-hmm. like the mainstream kind of psyche. And I remember talking to, to, to someone uh, in the media once like being like, do you hear this? And, and the person was like, yeah, I do. And I hear TNT is great. And I hear that ESPN is terrible. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like ESPN is, it, it's just, it was brutal. And then we'll talk about the Predators game. And then, and then I had no idea the Predators game was also on ESPN. <laughs> and yeah. I thought, you know, to go back to my point of, you know, Bucci Gras just absolutely needling you and saying the thing that will piss you off, even though you think you can't get any more annoyed by him, he then opens his mouth again and says one more thing to make you even more mad. He has to open his trap and say, Oh, if you want to watch these Islanders again, like they're back in action on ESPN on Friday. I think back in 2006, I would kill have the Islanders mm. play the Predators on ESPN. Like, oh. I would be like, this is the greatest thing ever. Like, look at us on the national <laughs> broadcast. Like, people are people are going to watch Alexei Zhitnik finally and see, like, how great this team is. <laughs> Zhitnik to Shatan on the power play. Like, that's hockey. Uh, I would pay – I would triple my subscription to keep the Islanders off ESPN from, from now until eternity yeah. right now. Yeah, it's it's bad. Hopefully they're not on again uh, for the rest of the season, but I'm sure they will be. But um, yeah, so that that's the end of that that Flyers game. I think we, we all kind of been in there. I, I wasn't even really that irritated that that they lost because again, the Flyers were going to win at some point, and I mean the Islanders just didn't have it. It happens, but uh, and they had won four in a row at that point. So I just I wasn't even that irritated by the loss. It was mainly just the 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 entire experience just left an extremely bad taste in my mouth and I was super irritated, but I had tickets to that Friday game against the national predators that you just mentioned. I hooked up with my friend Gio it was his birthday. I met his friend Brad and his son, Aiden. We had a good time. Uh, I had a sandwich from Shaq's big chicken. I had the MDE cause I don't do blue cheese <laughs> or cream cheese on my, um, my uh, chicken sandwiches. It was very tasty, although it was a little smaller than I thought it was uh, going to be. But um sat down and was and was all set for the Islanders to, you know, put that game, that Flyers game behind them and get back to their winning ways. And they played great. And they lost 4-1. to one. And it seems a lot worse. It was really a 2-1 game. They gave up two empty net goals. Um, but, man, they, they ran the Predators out of the building in that game. They had 49 shots on goal. Some said 50. Kevin Lankinen, who I did not know was a Predator until the moment he skated out and took their crease, was fantastic. And, and credit to him. They were really good. And that was one of the better games the Islanders played all year, aside from a Philip Forsberg power play goal, uh, a Roman Yossi five-on-three goal, which started out as an Islanders power play. They took two penalties in two seconds or whatever it was. The second one was complete bullshit. And they, as soon as the three of them came out, as soon as the yeah the five of them came out, I'm like, this is going to be a goal. And then in two seconds, Roman Yossi scores. And uh, my friend was like, you know, I, I thought Nashville wasn't that good. I'm like, no, they're pretty good. And in fact, the three guys that combined for that goal, I think it was Yossi, Duchesne, and, and Johansson or Forsberg, one of them. I'm like, those three guys are literally better than the entirety of the Islanders' two power play units combined. <laughs> you can't, they don't have any answers for that kind of thing. So that was an automatic goal. And I thought, all right, well, they'll come back. Matt Barzell scored a beautiful goal to get them to 2 1 for the end, then two empty net goals. And that was it. Um, you know, the viewing experience in the arena for that game wasn't probably any better than it was on ESPN. But uh, I just was like, I was almost dumbfounded. Like, wow, I hadn't seen them play like this all season. And I can't believe they lost. But that's hockey. Like, that just sort of happens. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was annoying that it happened against a team that, you know, was okay and, and was coming off a of back-to-back. But, uh, I, again, I just found myself 
not really all that irritated because it just happens. And this was the kind of Islanders game I had wanted to see for so long after complaining all season about them giving up too many chances, giving up too many shots. This was the kind of game I wanted to see where they had all the shots. They had all the chances. They had all the high danger chances. And yet they still lost. So it felt a little weird. But again, I, I just I walked out of there kind of encouraged a little bit, uh, even if everybody was a little bit sad. Uh, I mean, you, you watched this one on ESPN, so I'm sure it wasn't any better. Yeah. But what did you make out of this one? Well, at least it wasn't Bucci Grass. It was somebody else. All right, who well, I, I can't remember who it was. That's the other thing, too, is they have these sort of generic guys doing yeah. it that are better than Bucci Grass, but like, it's not really fun. It's not good. <laughs> you know, no. It's just sort of there. The, the, just to go back to the Flyers game real quick, the, the Kevin Hayes goal that he scored, which was off the oh, face off. Of, okay, yeah. Yeah. Which Bucci Gross called that goal like 18 seconds after it happened. <laughs> but anyways, um, the, uh, yeah, that, that the broadcast actually like it was bad because it wasn't mm. MSG and, you know, it was kind of just boring. Like, but like you said, that sad, but not mad. Like we've been mad at mm. the Islanders this season uh, early on. Definitely was very mad at the Islanders. Uh, this, this game just kind of, you know, made you go to bed sad more than anything. Um, <laughs> Because like you said, like they they played well. Kevin Lankinen was ridiculous. Um, yeah, Matt Barzell was incredible. I guess there's something about you in the building with Matt Barzell. He, he yeah, uh, he plays his, he plays yeah, his he best. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, <laughs> I get, I get um, him in a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the game, yeah, the game was good. Like they played played well and lost, and it happens. And um, it was only frustrating because it came on the heels of another loss, and then you're like, okay, like they got to nip it in the bud, and uh, you know they did. They did. They, they, they get two points against that Blackhawks game. Uh, so it, it, like you said, it was just, it was just frustrating. And, and I was like kind of mad at myself because I was like, Oh wow. Saros is starting on, on Thursday night. And my friend was like, well, Lankin has been really good. And like, so I kind of take the blame for that one. Uh, but I, I just think it's funny that the Islanders have started to tilt the ice in the right direction um, here. Um, and, and we kind of saw this coming. We we were talking about how they played pretty well against the Oilers, despite the shot clock looking, you know, otherwise. And, um, you know, it did seem like they were doing it, but they just, they didn't get rewarded. Whereas like, I guess in that's hockey, like you knew these results were coming for the beginning of the season. There were definitely some games that they stole that maybe this is just payback for that black, uh, the Maple Leafs win mm-hmm. or something like, um, but uh, yeah, I just, you know, it's just, it was just a frustrating sad game rather than the uh something that made you really angry mm. that's what's yeah, the great thing sure. about sports like rarely do they make you happy they either make you sad or mad <laughs> yeah and that was really more the sad variety than the right. mad variety um because you know that's i mean how many times have the islanders done that to people by the way too uh I'm, you brought up barzell and i might as well get to this point out of the way real quick uh because i think maybe my attitude changed a little bit once we get to the blues game but I'm watching Barzell play in that game and he, he really was on one. Like he was just, he was doing everything in his power short of like slitting his wrists and bleeding on the ice to get this team a goal and do something. And it occurred to me that like, I've heard some things and people, you know, read some things that people have like, what does Barzell need to do to get to the next level? How's he going to get to that level? I think this season he has reached that next level to reach the next, next level. The man needs more than anything help like he needs help in the form of a line mate 
that can help him score goals. And and I'm going to get to uh, Wallstrom and Holmstrom in a minute because I thought they they were they played pretty well too in another loss. We'll talk about in a second. But I'm just like, and obviously like Ethan Sears wrote the article about Kane and like talked to to Barzell. Hey, how would you like to play with Patrick Kane? Well, what do you think the guy's going to say? Of course <laughs> he wants to play with Patrick Kane. Like, duh. I mean, he had a poster on the wall and all that kind of stuff. So like, I get all that. Maybe Kane's a guy. I don't know. I don't know who the guy is, but like, that's what this guy needs because he's literally out here doing things. His, you know, I don't know if he's got a little bit of like Zach Parisi rub off going on, you know, with him. He just doesn't stop moving. He's constantly out there. He's constantly trying to create does lead to some turnovers, but like, that's, that's the trade-off. Like that's going to happen. And he's obviously got a million assists already, which is great. And he, he picked up that third goal, which, you know, is nice, but like the dude wants to win. He wants to score goals. He wants to make help his team get victories. And I think to do that, he needs someone on his wing. And I know this is not news. We've been over this, but we're at the point now where it's painfully just incredibly, unbelievably head slappingly obvious <laughs> that this guy needs help. And I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't know if that means a trade or whatever, but like, boy, I just, you know, you want to just put your arm around him and be like, man, I really appreciate what you're doing out here. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I really do. And I really, really hope that at some point you have a line mate that you can look to on the ice and be like, we got this. And then they just go out and do it, you know, because I think that's what he wants. And it seems that way because, man, he was awesome. Like he was, and he was great in really, really all these games. We'll talk about the Chicago game in a second, but like he was great in all these games. He just, he just needs some help. He just needs a, a, a running mate or whatever. Like that, that's my reading of it. I just, I don't know. Again, it's not well, news, I, but I, I think it's, it's like when it's, it's tangible, right? Like before mm. the season, everyone says like, Oh, you know, we need to get the winger for Barzell, just like we needed right. to get. And it also became a little bit of like a meme because of you know, right. back to the, to the last <laughs> star center that they had and whatever. And like, it, it is painfully obvious and it has been for mm. a while, but like before the season starts, it's not, it's not tangible, I guess, like, mm. cause you, you're not seeing it and it's not something that you can weigh and measure. Uh, and also last season he struggled. So it's like, yeah. yeah, like he, he, he definitely could use help and maybe that would make his, you know, his numbers would have ticked up and he would have been performed better last season. But, uh, you know, he, did he deserve that? Right. Or something like mm. that. And this season it's pretty clear. Like, he has the he has to lead the NHL in most pass like I I'm, I don't know if there's an expected assist stat yet in the NHL like there is in <laughs> soccer but it's like he's he's found guys his his passes I think probably create more space for the receiver of his passes in in the offensive zone than anybody right. like it's 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 whether it's Sebastian Ajo darting in whether it's Scott Mayfield darting in whether it's somebody in the slot like Bailey or Walsham or whatever. The, whoever he's giving the puck to for the most part, I mean, we saw with the Dobson goal against the blues, like right. they are in, they're going to be in space and they're going to be in a good position to score. And I think, you know, what he needs is he needs someone to almost be able to do that for him. Yeah. To like, just to return the favor every once in a while to be enough of a threat that, Oh God, like if, if, if Matt Barzell's de- if we put two guys on Matt Barzell, that means Josh Bailey might be open. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I think teams will take that, right? Like it's like not, right. yeah. You know, we love we love Josh Bailey, but it's just you know who he is at this point. He's he's clearly right. struggling this season. He's not a top line winger, um, but like yeah, you throw Patrick Kane or, or Horvat or whoever mm. uh, on on a line with him. Brock Nelson, I mean, like 
when he's yeah. played with when 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 the Islanders have gone down and and Lambert goes to the super line of, of Lee Nelson and Barzell, like, it's incredible to watch uh, because yeah. he's got guys who are in. Uh, he's better than um, those two players, I think, talent wise, but uh, they're in his tier or close to it. Whereas, like mm. on most nights, he's 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 not playing with guys who are close to his skill level. Right. Well, it's the other team has to watch them. Like, that's the thing. Like, you can't just leave Brock Nelson open because you're watching Barzell. Like, you got to cover them both. And that's where the problem comes. And and it it just must be such a nice thing for him if if they do do something. And and I'm glad you brought it up because, you know, we're not a a podcast who every episode is going to be like, you know who would help the Islanders? You know who they should go out and get? You know, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like, Timo Meyer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, it's it's not going to happen. But... But the idea of a team of Meyer, we will talk about because right. it it it'd be it must be so it must be so nice if if it does happen for Barzell to to go to the ring and be like, man, I'm playing with someone who's you know just as good as me today. Like yeah. that doesn't happen very often. You know, I've I've I've, yeah. I've spent a lot of time playing with Leo Komarov, yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, and Austin Zarnik. So like right. I, you know, it, it's gonna be a it's gonna be yeah. a good day that I can pass the puck and. You know, it's 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 not gonna go. It's not gonna go to Andy Andrioff. It's gonna land on the stick of Patrick Kane tonight. So right. that's gonna be yeah. great. Um, but you're right. Like, and I think that the with with the stretch that's coming up, like there's a there's a chance the Islanders are in a little bit of they're in like the thick of something right now. They've lost three of four. Like we said, they've generally played well, but they lost Pelic. They're you know they 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 got teams on their heels. They could be in the thick of something here. And that's why, you know, going back to that, what I was talking about with that Blues-Rangers game and just having this, like, weird, ominous feeling about everything. It's yeah. kind of scary me. Maybe I'm in my own head. But, you know, if they are in the thick of something, like, you don't have to wait. Like, I know Lamarillos will be reminded when, whenever, you know, the Islanders are brought up in the mainstream media, which is, is very rarely that the only things <laughs> that are said are that Blue Lamarillo says, when, when, you, when you got time, you use it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if they have time, like, because yeah. th- this, this thing can – you know, go south pretty quickly if, if they don't, you know, steal some points on this road trip coming up and get to Christmas and, you know, kind of in the same shape they are right now. Uh, mm. So, yeah, I mean, like, we're not going to sit here and, and say, like, oh, I think it's going to happen because I don't think it's going to happen relatively mm. soon. But I would love for, like you said, for him to get some help uh, in the form yeah. of just, it would just be so nice. Just, just be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to watch Matt Barzell play with, like, another really 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 good player tonight you know not well who's he gonna play with tonight is it gonna be bailey is it gonna be bovillier is kyle palmieri healthy and that's the other thing too like i think the team really misses palmieri yeah which is funny considering how we've dogged on him for a little while he was having a good season but yeah i think there's something to that too but um you know i just and then but then the other side of the coin is like well who's gonna get traded (laughs) to bring in this person then i'm like "Mm, i don't know what that's gonna mean so this might be like a be careful what you wish for kind of scenario, but that that threw me. I mean, I, I'm looking at my notes here. He had eight shots on goal in that game against Nashville. One of them went in, and you know had had Kevin Lankin fanned on one more. We're talking about maybe an overtime game, you know. So that's a whole other thing. But uh, so I thought, okay, well they lost that game. They played well. What are you going to do? The next game was against Chicago, who had broken their own eight game losing streak against the Rangers on Saturday night, and then. They come to UBS Arena on Sunday, get shut out 3 nothing. It looked for a minute that Arvid Soderblom was going to you know, turn into Tony Esposito all of a sudden and steal a game from the Islanders. Uh, but 
the Islanders got three goals in the second period and really never looked back. Uh, Matt Martin swept one in off his butt, which was a lot of fun. There had to be a little review. Then they wiped out two minutes of game time because they played continued and then they decided it was a goal and then to go back. So Sebastian Ajo, we all saw that rush. You made up the ice. doesn't officially exist anymore, but we saw it and we appreciate it. Um, another than that, everything was really good. Uh, Zach Parisi tipped a puck in. Nelson wristed a puck in with 45 seconds later. They played smart in the third. Um, Simon Holmstrom almost had a goal. He almost had another one in the next game we're going to talk about. And Simeon Varlamov was tremendous. He had 21 saves. Um, he was very good, particularly when there was like traffic around him. Obviously, he got a shutout. And uh, the Islanders put 40 goals, 40 shots, excuse me, 40 shots on on the Blackhawks and uh, did did what they needed to do. They they won against a wounded, bad, tired opponent. And that's exactly what you wanted to see. And it made, you know, the other two games, again, although there were losses, a lot easier to take down. Okay, well, fine. Now, now this is this is more like it. This is what I want to see. This team pumping shots in, not giving up a whole lot, and walking out with, frankly, a, a fairly easy or at least you know relatively worry-free victory. But here's the thing: not everybody's the Blackhawks, <laughs> who were pretty <laughs> bad, and that's where the problem comes in. But um, but yeah, this was um, you know, Mike Carver on his uh, ILC podcast, you talk about a rocking chair game. I don't know if I would go that that far, but this was about as close to a rocking chair win as we've seen in quite a while. And uh, again, it, it worked out perfectly for a Sunday night, especially. It was nice to kind of, yep, that's what you need to do. And that was the end of that. So uh, what what do you think of this? Yeah, I was really scared that sort of, sort of long was, was going to, you know, because mm-hmm. you think about the, the, the four games we're talking about mm-hmm. uh, this in this episode, Carter Hart played really well. Yeah. Uh, and that went for the Flyers, Lankin in forty-eight saves on 48, 49 shots. Yeah, uh, and then uh, yeah, Soderblom was amazing. And yeah. uh, the one thing we didn't even mention about that Predators game was that Islanders scored a goal that didn't count, and we know right. why it didn't count. And you, you, there's no reason to get upset because you just hope that those things kind of even out over time. And and the, then mm. you know, kind of did the next night when <laughs> when when Martin scored a goal that was once again, clearly a goal and uh, it was given. And what the, when they kept playing after that puck went in and, and I saw Martin's like, kind of like point to the net and be like, oh, that went in and then they played for a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was no horn. I was like, mm. it, it, I, I was getting so upset. Cause at that point, you know, if, if they don't get that call, then you know, okay. Like, yeah, right. Soderblom's going to, he's going to dominate Kashikas or Marty Brodoras yeah. and that's it. Right. Like, um, and then, and I love the horn. The, the, the wait for the horn is so much fun. And then you hear it and it's just so great. So I was a little upset we got robbed of that. I was happy that they scored. And uh, I mean, by the way, also needs to, to give credit to Matt Martin, not just for like calling that goal, but he's been playing really well. Um, yeah. And I, it's, he's, yeah, this is his best season in a long time, I would say. Uh, you know, I know that maybe, maybe Trotz's first season. He he was this good, but I I don't know. But he's been great, uh, noticeably good, uh, and it was really good in this game. And I thought that uh, one one thing that is has been part of the encouraging things with these losses is that they are uh, they're getting performances from like everyone's doing their part, mm. but the problem is the other goalie is like as right. well, like so like. You know, Pajot has been really good lately. Parisi's been awesome lately. Mm. Uh, Hudson Fashing is, yeah, 
because he's, he's been fine too. Like, like, like <laughs> Martin Sezik is like, everybody's kind of like doing, there's a couple, I think guys who have been inconsistent. I think Bailey and Bobillier probably the two that come to mind and, and a couple people on defense, but like most people are going in the right direction. It's just the results aren't there. And that's why what's so frustrating. And then like you, you beat the Blackhawks. You, that's, you had to do that. That's like you said, tired, terrible team coming to your building after beating the Rangers. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Blackhawks for that. Like, <laughs> um, like you, you, you need to just take care of business and they did. Um, and it was very business-like, like it was a suitcase, you know, those mm. black suitcases, those leather suitcases that they have, that everyone has in a movie. Like they, they, they show into mm. show up into an office. John Hamm is on the other side of a the table. They, someone <laughs> fl- flops his suitcase onto the table, unclips it, flips it open, hands you a three, nothing win over the Blackhawks. You close it and you get out <laughs> of the office. Like that's what it felt like. Right. right. Like, yeah. Um, and you thought, okay, like, needed that badly that was a must-win game i thought and then mm. uh yeah the blues come to town and you know it just like i said it just felt weird from 24 hours before yeah yeah um yeah it was uh yeah i, I mean it, it was about as easy as as they have gotten lately and, and again they needed to win and it worked out uh we'll get to fashing in a second because the next game featured him somewhat prominently um it was basically the third in the trilogy of what we've been talking about this whole time. The Islanders put 40 shots on the St. Louis blues and Thomas Grice, their former teammate. Um, I don't know if they played poorly. Uh, If anything, you know, they may, whatever mistakes they made were basically, you know, countered by the blues who played equally as poorly. So if anything, they, they didn't play worse than the blues. They played about as the same, Every underlying metric actually favored the Islanders. If you go to natural stat trick, you'll see the the line for, you know, the shots is just going straight up in the Islanders corner and they had all the, the high danger chances and all that kind of stuff. And yet, if I told you that the Islanders lost seven to four, what would you think that game was like? <laughs> oh my God, it's a shootout. It's insane. It's completely, you know, they just, they just shit the bed. No, they didn't. I thought they played okay in that game, um, but they kept, giving up goals and then just not getting them back. So St. Louis goes up one, nothing on Josh Levo's goal. Noah Dobson ties it. They go up on uh, an Ivan Barbashev goal. Both of those were on two on ones, by the way. And then Kyle O'Reilly, Ryan O'Reilly. I got, it's AEW night tonight. So I got Kyle O'Reilly in the brain. Ryan O'Reilly sweeps in a puck, kind of gets behind Alex Romanov, sweeps it in and all of a sudden it's three, one. And then sort of the, the wheels come off. Nolachari tips in a Justin Falk shot. Then Ilya Sorokin whiffs on a Colton Pareko shot that was like, what is going on right now? All of a sudden it's 5-1 Blues and you're like, oh, this is over. But then the Islanders start mounting a comeback and all of a sudden it's 5-4. Like uh, Parisi scores again, Pajot scores, Fashing tips in uh, a Martin shot. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, they're going to come back and do this. But then they give up two empty net goals again, uh, just like in the Nashville game. And all of a sudden a, a five, you know, 5-4 game becomes a 7-4 loss. And you're just like... Man, what what happened? And this is where things start getting concerning. And this is where I see people kind of getting like, all right, what what what's going on right now? Why are we putting up forty shots a game and just losing? I I, I don't have an answer, but like my guess is just dumb luck. Like I don't know, you know, <laughs> uh, Scott Mayfield and Alex Romanov did not have a good game against the Blues. They were both, I think, minus three. Um, that's kind of unusual. They had been played pretty well, but like you know, these two on ones happen. 
I, you know, aside from the Pareko one, I'm not sure any of them were really Ilya Sorokin's fault. And Grice was very good. Again, in tight, in traffic, he was very good. And like you said, the goalies on the other teams are doing their part. There's not much you can do. You're trying to create traffic. You're trying to do the things. You're not getting any, you know, tips or bounces. I don't know. You're just going to lose these kinds of games. And it's it's one of these things where, I don't know, maybe I'm just crazy and I, that 40 number makes me feel better, but that's not really helping them. I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but uh, now it's starting to become a bit concerning and you hope, and we're going to talk about the schedule coming up on the other side, you hope that this eventually straightens itself out because you put up 40 shots in three straight games. You got to score more than two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight goals, right? <laughs> you got to put up more than that. Um, that that percentage is not good. But so far, this this you know kind of form of the Islanders of getting lots of shots on goal as opposed to giving up a lot of shots on goal has not yielded results. And uh, it could just be coincidence or it, I don't know, could be something more more systematic than that. Uh, what, what was your take on this Blues game? I mean, your, your boy, you did not get to post the Sorokin conductor picture customary uh after every game because uh this was like this would have been like the uh the maestro conducting the police benevolence <laughs> society orchestra in that seinfeld episode <laughs> with the broken baton uh you know yeah. hey listen the guy's human what are you gonna do but uh it was still a little weird to see him whiff particularly on that that Pareko shot i was like dude what what is yeah. happening right now <laughs> it was bad in a, in a weird way i was kind of relieved that it happened in that game because i was like this game's like i said the, there's always a team there's always um you know, sideshows in, in every league yeah. in every season. Um, and the NHL has a couple this year. It's, it's the Canucks and it's the blues and people mm-hmm. want to convince you that it's the Rangers, even though, like, like I said, like they're <laughs> just kind of hanging around the playoff mix. Right. Um, and, uh, so, and when those sideshows come to your, to town, like you just all bets are off. Like anything can happen in these games. And it's, but, but, it's almost like like they're a team out of like slap shot or something. The Blues right now, <laughs> they come in like right. you feel like there's like fights in the crowd and like there's popcorn going all over the ice and stuff like that. Um, and I'm you know you'd rather Sorokin have this kind of game get it out of the way in that kind of game where weird shit was already happening. Um, so and and it's nice to be reminded that he's human right. once in a while. And and I I've got no problem with with it. And and you hope that you know that just means that he'll be better for for these tough games coming up um but yeah the the thing that was frustrating about that the blues game is like i thought that they were you know going well again uh barzell the dobson to, to tie it and the two goals the Blues scored to start were basically carbon copies of each other yes you know kind of bad reads by mayfield to pinch or whatever and uh you know romanov not succeeding playing the two-on-one mm. One, you know, it, it, you do feel for him a little bit. Like the first one, he he's he lets Sorokin take the shot, and Josh Levo, who, I mean, you can tell me Josh Levo's on a hundred different teams every time. And I feel like he, pl- <laughs> I feel like he plays the Islanders every night. Like I'm like, did he just right. play the Islanders against the when he was he was playing for the Flyers, and I think he was playing for the Blackhawks, and now he's playing for the Blues this week. Uh, but yeah, he scores his first of the season uh, on a shot, and then the next two on one is uh, some guy named Will Bitten with a pass to somebody else in Barbashev, I think, uh, mm. to score. So, yeah. like, two two-on-ones that were very different. And you think, like, Romanov's like, you know what? Like, I I got to, you know, get this one. I let the first guy shoot. This one I'll make a little bit harder, I guess. And he missed the – he whiffed on blocking the pass. Mm. But 
Um, can't really get mad at either one, either Sorokin or Romanov. It's just not, it's just a blind spot for me. So, uh, yeah. And, and, and you felt like, you're like, okay, like they're going to come back cause they're, you know, they're playing better. This is the blues. Like the blues right. will eventually shoot themselves in the foot at some point, but Grice was, <laughs> was just so good. And he, Grice had one of those games that we've seen so many times from him. Like mm. there, there just were some nights with when he was playing for the Islanders we're like, okay, he's he's locked in, and he's he's making, you know, every he's making every save. But not only is he making these saves, but like, there's nothing nothing squirting out, like no rebounds right. or anything. And and you're just like, wow, man, I, it, you know, Thomas Grice, good goalie, and can mm. can do this. And uh, he he, you know, he's just he he just did what he did to a lot of teams when he played for the Islanders, to the Islanders, and uh, yeah, then. I actually, you know, I, I was so mad. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to bed at 5-1. And I just like, I have a feeling that this is going to end up kind of like the Nashville game, mm. not the, 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 the one on the road where like they, they mm. you know, come back oh, and, right, yeah. and, and end up losing. And I was like, honestly, don't want to stay up for that. And mm. couldn't fall asleep because I was worried about the Islanders, of course. <laughs> and then I checked my phone and I see it was 7-4. And I was like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I should have just watched it and stayed up for it instead of not watching it and staying yeah. up for it. But. Yeah, I, I mean, but like to a man, I thought most of the players were pretty encouraging. I, I thought that there was like you know, Wallstrom was good, Holmstrom was good, Bailey was not great yet, but whatever. Um, he, like, there was one play with Wallstrom where he he for, Wallstrom and Barzell, I should say, have been really good. Uh, yeah, defensively, as well. It's like they've just been yes. overall really good. Um. And then there was a play where where Walsh made a great move off the cor- out of the corner and had Holmstrom like wide open yeah. for a tap in, but I just don't think he saw him because like the 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 nature of the move he made, like his head was straight down looking at the puck because it was a pretty complicated play to make. And had he just seen Holmstrom, is he's there for a tap in? Um, but yeah, like it's annoying because like you're generally encouraged with the way everyone's kind of trending. Like I said, bar like a couple of players, but what's mm-hmm. to come is that's just not going to be good enough. Yeah. You know, yeah. When, when you consider what's what, like, they've lost three or four and now they're going to play a really tough couple games. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought up Wallstrom because he, yeah, he's played well lately, particularly defensively. Like you said, he had a couple of cool back checks, uh, in a couple of these games and then Holmstrom, you know, he's come close to scoring that first NHL goal in the last couple of games. Um, you know, when I say Barzell needs help, I'm not trying to like knock these dudes who, are, you know, are young, Jury's still very much out on them. Still, they're coming along. I'm just talking about like they have not reached that level of of giving Barzell that open space that I think that he needs yeah. again. That you know. and it's like and and the the thing is too like if they get their appropriate spot in the lineup is not to be playing with Matt Barzell. Like it's <laughs> it's to be the the middle six guys. You know, like their right. their 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 spots are kind of occupied right now by um, a couple of veterans who. Like, I thought Par- Parisi, Pajot, Holmstrom was great. Um, I think that, you know, if, if you played Nelson with Wallstrom, you'd, you'd think that that combination should work in some way. Or, mm. um, But, like, when you're playing with Barzell, like, it, it, you're playing with, with a guy who's elite at, like, 11 out of 15 things you need to be elite at <laughs> in hockey. Like, like right. there's like, there's, like, three or four things maybe that he's not elite at, like, shooting. Defensive zone coverage, face-offs, yeah. <laughs> and and like so, you just need to be able to like kind of stay with that kind of stuff. And 
to do like there's a reason that you know Connor McDavid plays a lot of time with Leon Dreisaitl or you know and if he's not playing with him he's playing with you know Zach Hyman or Vander Kane or uh uh Ryan Nugent Hopkins right like you you don't you don't really hear hear of these guys like every once in a while it'd be like you know people on twitter will complain about you know someone's playing time or whatever and you're like mm-hmm. well you know matt bars sure you know sebastian aho you know, the carolina hurricanes just had to play a game with jordan martin mm-hmm. matt barzell's played entire seasons with you know leo leo kamarov etc so uh he, he it would you know it's it's it is. It just feels like it's time. It just really does. Um, and you know, this like you said, nothing against Holmstrom and Wallstrom, who I think like if they're in the right spot on this lineup, I think are contributing players. Sure, big time. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, you think even like Hudson Fashing, you're, like, you're watching, you're like, yeah, this guy kind of makes sense for this fourth line, right? Or at yeah. least through 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 two games. I mean, how obvious when he was called up? I think I joked with you, like you can pencil in Hudson Fashing's Islander career right now. It's <laughs> you know similar it'll be similar to what we saw out of austin sarnick or uh mm. you know some, some other players of that ilk like you know he'll be in the system for like two or three years play 13 games scores one goal get like three assists mm. you'll have the one game where you're like wow this guy could work out and then he'll just be in the system forever like bouncing between bridgeport and, and long island yeah yeah and then he'll be a future episode of weird islanders so there yes. you go <laughs> um but uh yeah so uh yeah a lot to chew on and some of it good, some of it not so good. Obviously, the scores are not so good. And uh, we've been teasing it, and we're going to talk about it on the other side as this brutal schedule coming up, including a very key injury that we don't really know a whole lot about. Uh, but uh, we'll get to those in a minute. So join us on the other side. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now a word from our sponsors. First, as always, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and jerseys featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and The Island merch, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Use the code ANXIETY to save 15% off your order. Uh, I believe you can still get stuff in time for Christmas, although I'm not sure. But in any event, you should definitely shop at VintageIceHockey.com. You should definitely try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All of them are delicious. They're all priced at less than $15 a bottle. And they're all available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at thepinotproject.com. Please drink responsibly. And again, it's Christmas time. It's holidays are coming around. Get some Pinot Project wines and your guests will be very happy. Uh, so this schedule coming up for the Islanders is... 
completely insane. Uh, the first two are going to be Friday and Saturday. They are in New Jersey to play the Devils on Friday. They are at home against Carolina on Saturday. Uh, we plan on being back on Sunday to so kind of chew on these two, you know, Metro Division games. It'll tell us a lot. And I can't believe that these words are about to come out of my mouth. I am as shocked as any of you are, but I feel like I have to say this. This upcoming game against the New Jersey Devils will tell us a lot about how this Islander season is going to go. I never would have thought that that would have been the case coming up this season. Obviously, we know what the, what happened last time the Islanders played the Devils. They got their butts handed to them. This was before anybody knew what the Devils were going to be capable of. I don't think they've lost really since, and they've racked up you know the second most points in the in the conference next to the Bruins. Um, they're just no, excuse me, the most points next to the Bruins. They've just been on complete fire this entire season, and now the Islanders know. Now the whole world knows. And so how are the Islanders going to respond to that now playing again, playing them again, this time at home, um, is going to tell us a lot. Then there's that game against the Hurricanes. Now we all remember what happened last time the Islanders played the Hurricanes, too. They won. Nobody thought they were going to win. I believe it was 5-2 or 5-3. And they handled them pretty well for, you know, all things considered the way these two teams have played the last couple of years. Um, if, If they get two wins here... This is enormous. If they get one win, let's say they lose Friday and win Saturday, it's it's good. It could be a lot better. Uh, if they lose both of these, the tone of ne- our next episode is going to be very different. <laughs> and uh, I don't. I really, 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 really hope that that that's not the case. Um, but I think these guys understand that. I think they'll be ready. But uh, like you said, sometimes you can't you can't you know guess what the other team is going to be doing, and it's unfortunate. But these are two huge games, and it's the second week in December. And so we're kind of back to where we normally are. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's it, I don't want to say it's like there's been different kind of, you know, DEFCON levels to the season. <laughs> the, the Islanders, when they were two and four and the season was over, it was definitely DEFCON red. <laughs> um, and then we've been kind of hanging around here in the green area for a while mm. since then. And, uh, it's getting closer to you know some sort of amber color, mm. um, <laughs> and it, it's the thing that sucks is like I we don't know what's going to happen obviously, but like I feel zero confidence about it about these two yeah. games, um, and it's it's weird because it's both based on what they did against these t- t- two teams the last time, mm. and what they did against these two teams the last time was the exact opposite of each other. Right. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, they, they got, you know, blown out by the devil. So they have no chance. Right. And then, uh, they beat the hurricanes, which rarely happens. So the hurricanes will, will win and, and set the universe. Right. And they have no Adam Pellick, which, you know, we talked about the ESPN thing. And I just, it, it, I couldn't believe I'm not that the hit was dirty or anything. I thought it was like a little mm. bit, but like it's oh, more so that- Ryan Pollock. I mean, sorry. Yeah. So Adam Pellick was sent to the boards uh, by somebody in the game against the Blues. Bortuzzo, Robert Bortuzzo, Bortuzzo sent him yeah. into the boards. Came up, you know, clutching the back of his head slash neck, and he looked very, very, very dazed as he was helped off the ice and did not play the rest of the game. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty scary. Like he he skated off on his own, but boy, he did not look like he knew where he was, which is just frightening on a lot of levels. And and not to get into like a like a woe is us kind of thing, but like if that had happened to any other team, like 
the, the clip is sent out and everyone's like, whoa, like this is scary, whatever. And, you know, everyone's talking about it. The hit and it, it was it dirty was it not like what you know what do you think of the hit that we saw last night and so much of that it is hypocritical because like when when you're listening to like a podcast like 32 thoughts or something and and you hear them deliberating over mm. something so meaningless to you like <laughs> if like jack eichel's neck surgery or something you know like like it, connor hellebuck's helmet came off connor hellebuck's helmet it came off Matt murray knocked the, the net off the moorings or the right. Vancouver Canucks, you know, Jim Rutherford did another interview and whatever. It, it, you're like, oh, this sucks. fast forward. Like, I just want to hear the news. I want to hear who the Islanders are trading for Patrick Kane. Like, that's all I'm listening to the show for. Um, mm. And no, 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 not a person really talked about what happened with Pellick, which is like, this is the team's number one defenseman. Right. The number one defenseman for a team that's 15 and 11. Uh, if Thomas Shabbat gets hurt mm. for the Senators or Quinn Hughes goes down or, God forbid, Morgan Riley gets hurt, mm. we hear for weeks on end about it. And, you know, whether they're battling through the adversity, whether the team is struggling <laughs> and now needs to make a move to grab mm. somebody to, to fill in the void, who are they going to mm. fix next? But nothing with Adam Pellick, and now the Islanders are going to these two divisional rivals. Like their their schedule, I know they played the Flyers twice, but like teams they're competing with in the division, they're playing mm. two teams back to back without their number one defenseman, and you know not a peep. Like it's like it just it's so funny because I think, um, you know, if you listen to the show as as a non Islander fan, like you you know Shaden Freuding us, like we Shaden Freud other fan bases, which is totally fair game like <laughs> you'd probably be like damn these guys are always whining about how this team is covered and <laughs> this is a perfect kind of example of what i'm talking about like right. he uh, that 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 hit that play kind of ticks every box on what the media likes to talk about mm. concussion which is always something you know if, if someone gets a concussion no matter who it is on a on a lineup it gets right. talked about kind of a dirty hit maybe borderline definitely a number one defenseman a contending team, like everything, and it just did not get mentioned at all yeah. throughout uh, the, the the news cycle today. I mean, and I get like no, no Islander beat writer is going to get any update out of it, but like, there's no talk about what does this team do now? You know, mm. like because that's they're in a situation like they are in a what do we do now situation, right? No Paul Mary, like I said, Clutterbuck, like no in, in a vacuum, those injuries are fine. But when they start clustering together like this, and now you, you throw the Pelic one on on top, like so, right. it, the Islanders are in, like I said before, like they're going through the thick of something right now, uh, and you know to, to no one's surprise, and nobody's really nobody's noticed it because they're going to be like you know the Islanders. Let, let's you know, God forbid, they go like you know two seven and one over the next ten. Mm. Then someone will be like, yeah, you know, we kind of thought the Islanders were, were smoking mirrors and, you know, here they are. So, you know, mm-hmm. what are they going to get for, what are they going to get for uh, Zach Parisi at the trade deadline? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, you'll get the, the um, power, the power rankings people being like, yeah, you know, we had them here this whole time and they were never that good. Um, yeah. And then the Island, you know, we're talking here about these two games that we're going to you know come back on the other side of, but after that they play the Bruins in Boston 
Then it's out to the West Coast where they got to play the Coyotes, who stink, but have been known to steal games. The Golden Knights, who are one of the better teams in the league. And then Colorado, who is, again, they handled, but, and are going through their own injury problems, but, you know, they're still really darn good. And then they got to come back and play the Rangers and then the Panthers. And then they finish with the Penguins. And then they got a gift of against the Blue Jackets on the 29th. But, I mean, we just saw them lose to, you know, two pretty mediocre teams. So, I mean, it's hockey. Anything can happen. Um, yeah. And um, the fact that Pelic is hurt, the fact that we don't know when he's coming back, how long he's going to be out for, um, you know, let's say he plays. Did they rush him back? I mean, you know, who knows? I hope not. I don't think they're, the Islanders aren't tended, don't tend to do that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, a little bit of notice would have been nice. A little bit of, you know, hey, this team might be in trouble or, Hey, I hope that guy's feeling okay. That guy who was an all-star, by the way, he was an all-star <laughs> last year in case everybody forgot, uh, you know, but yeah, not, nothing about that. And I mean, it's, it's, it's just par for the course. Like we, we've been hearing nonstop about like Mitch Marner's point streak, even though it means absolutely nothing to anybody, nobody cares. And, and my thing about that is like, if it was an Islander challenging Brian Trottier's 17 game point streak record for the team, what do you think? the conversation about that would be about if Matt Barzell, first of all, you wouldn't hear anything about it until game 16, right? Number one, number two, Jeff Merrick might mention on his show or something that, Oh yeah, Matt Barzell is going to try and tie Brian Trottier with his, you know, 17 game point streak. And then he would immediately launch into a story about Brian Trottier and the 1973, 74 uh, Swift current Broncos. Right. So you would get nothing out of it. You get nothing. But instead we've had three weeks of, you know, Mitch Marner getting points. Who cares? Nobody cares. Who cares about Shane Wright's first goal? Who cares? Who cares? Oh, that's right. Because they picked uh, the Habs didn't pick him. So now it's a story. Nobody cares about these stories. But, you know, big injuries to the Islanders. Not not really a big deal. So, but in any event, getting back to where we were at before, um, these two games are huge. And, you know, I, there's not much we can say about this. They have played both these two teams. And I think, again, you know, I was getting to this before that, I think this team understands this. Like they kind of, this team seems to have a little bit more emotion behind them than the previous teams against trots. And I think that's by design. I think trots, you know, wanted them to kind of keep that way. And I don't think this team is going to go bonkers or anything about anything, but I, I think they understand the gravity here and just gets back to what we we're talking about before teams like the penguins and Rangers are basically right around them. And, and, you know, their cushion is, not gone, but it's, you know, not as, as cushiony as it was a little while ago. So they need to get points here. They need to, to get these two, or at least one of these two at the very least, and then start picking up points on the road. Like in Boston, you know, that's a tall, that's a tall order, but you know, the Coyotes Vegas, you can maybe do Colorado is hurting right now. And then the Rangers. So, and then the Panthers who are hurting too. So they need points and they can't, you know, the time for kind of slipping is over until you get back to another, uh, another cushion. So we'll see what happens. Uh, it's a little scary <laughs> and we yeah. have, you know, it's been, we've had some, some, it hasn't been all anxiety so far this season. It's been nice. You know, they've had some stretches. Of, of it's the streakiness wins, that's but, killing me, man. Yes. Like, yeah. And it's like, and none of the streaks make sense. <laughs> right. Like, right. The, the, this three game winning streak or whatever it turned into after the the start that they had and then hmm. the uh you know then then this streak right now where they're playing well and they lose three of four it's just hmm. it's none of it's making sense and that's and you know it's driving me up a wall because <laughs> you just look at around the league hmm. 
and you look at the central division and you're like, wow, the Islanders, man, you know, when, when, when have they ever played in an environment like this where right. they are, you, you can kind of just lose six games in a row and it's okay. You're only three points back. Like the Vancouver Canucks speaking about something that was talked about ad nauseum for still is like yeah. every episode of everything. Um, everyone's like, Oh my God, like this Vancouver is burning to the ground and, they're three points out of a playoff spot right now. Like they were in a playoff spot, I'm pretty sure, a couple of weeks ago or a couple of days ago when they won like two games in a row. That's all you need is a two game winning streak in the Western Conference. And it just seems that <laughs> the Islanders are just because it's probably all Sidney Crosby's fault. But like, <laughs> like they, they, they just have not played in an environment where that's possible. Like the Islanders are, they have three brutal games coming up. Hmm. Um, and if they lose all three of those games, like they're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. A lot of trouble. Like that's, that's just not the case other on the other side of uh, like the conference dividers. It's, 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 hmm. it's what makes it so scary. And like, that's the, the, the maddening kind of part of this, like, you know, not seeing the streaks coming. Cause you could have been like, okay, like they got, you know, a couple winnable games coming up. You know, they, they should be fine. Or, and then they, they lose three of four. Hmm. And then and then you look at Carolina, New Jersey, and Boston. You're like, okay, this is horrifying. And then you just <laughs> you, you spend your next couple of days just kvetching about it. And then they play well. And then you're like, can you just like things just like kind of settle and stabilize for a little bit? And, and <laughs> you know, this is why I go back to that article on the Athletic where someone said they were comfortably in a playoff spot. Like, no, yeah. I would kill to be com- I would kill to be comfortably <laughs> in a playoff spot right now. Like you wouldn't this this episode would be very different. We might even have had a yeah. guest on to talk about other things. <laughs> really the only the Devils and Bruins are really yeah. comfortable like, in spots right now. Comfortable. Yeah. Talk to me when you were like 14 points clear. Right. Or there's a week to go in the season. Yeah, the season's over. Twelve point, right? Yeah, the season's <laughs> over, and they're, they're twelve points clear with you know three games, and, no, and nobody else has enough games to catch them, like that kind of thing. So, yeah, no, it's true, it's true. Well, you know, I gotta tell you, I I started this episode again prepared to talk about how encouraged I was by how they played, but I think after talking, uh, I've successfully well, they, been talked onto the ledge. That's they, not something they, that happens that often. They, yeah, they, they but they you played. Know? That's the thing. Like you, you said it right. Yeah. We are encouraged with how they played. Yeah. But I'm scared shitless about how they're going to play over the next three <laughs> games because it's, it's yeah. the Rangers have lost 15 games out of yeah. 27 and then five in overtime, whatever. They've lost 15. Yeah. They're three points behind the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just blowing my mind. Like I, I, right. it's. Oh, and by the way, just, the team in eighth place right now are the, you know, three time defending Conference champion, two ten defending cup champion, Lightning. Who, yeah, okay, right. fine. They might not be where they were, but you know that. I mean, if the Penguins have a seventeen two and two streak in them, you know the Lightning are going to do something oh, yeah. similar too, right? So, like you, you look at the playoffs kind of spots right now, and and hmm. you look, okay, the yeah, you know, the Devils, Hurricanes, Penguins, pretty much can set it and forget it with those three teams, and hmm. you know the Bruins and Maple Leafs, sure, same thing. And then you look at the the Red Wings, you're like, okay, they'll likely fall off in in the Atlantic. Hmm. You can flip Tampa Bay into that spot. And so then now you're looking at what is basically two spots, essentially two spots left to, to, to play for. Right. Um, and it's between the Islanders, their eternal rival. Hmm. Uh, and the t- 
team that won the president's trophy last year. So, I mean, it's, that's, <laughs> that's the thing that's like, it just is annoying because like they, the Islanders have had a really good season to start. That's the thing mm. that shouldn't get lost here. They're 16 and 11. They have a plus 13 goal differential. This team was, yeah. you know, ridiculed all summer long. They were left for dead basically. And nobody was, was fancied them at all. And they've, they've turned and they've turned the naysayers like around a little bit, like, and it's just not good enough to like, it's not good enough to feel comfortable at all. And and that's the problem thing. It's like, congratulations on a great first, on an impressive first 27 games. Right. Uh, but it's just not enough. <laughs> like, yeah. you better, your, your next 27 right. better be just as good or better. Yeah. But you know, what's funny is that it, it mirrors something and you know, this is a whole thing that we get on again, but like it mirrors a, a complaint that we had from two seasons ago, which is that people went from being like, ah, the Islanders aren't any good. Like, who cares? And then just not talking about them to being like, yeah, that's just them doing what they do. Whatever. Let's not talk about them. Like it's, it's, a, it's always, <laughs> they always find a way to not talk about them. And I get, again, I, I'm sure people are rolling their eyes. Like, cause whenever the people do talk about them, we get mad, you know, like here they oh, are. Yeah. Talking, somebody's talking about them being well, company in the playoffs. Like, Come on. Yeah. Like, right. Keep, keep my team's name out of your mouth, but also You're right. make sure you unless, talk about them and give them. The, unless it's the, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's got, it's, got, it's got to be good, or you got to be telling me who who they're in the mix for, in, right? In the, yeah, in the trade rumor mill, and and, and it better be right if they are involved yeah. in the trade rumor mill, because if it's another Johnny Gaudreau, Nazem Kadri situation, I'm coming for you. Like, it, yeah, it, yeah. Of course, we're not going to be satisfied, but that's you know. Well, I, I was going. I'm glad you brought you brought up Johnny Gaudreau because the right now the Blue Jackets are playing the Sabers and they're losing nine to two, and <laughs> Tage Thompson has five goals in this game, five goals for one guy. Whew. Wow. That's crazy. Okay. Uh, I think we've done a lot of uh, soul searching and uh, of past games and, and upcoming games. So uh, we'll leave it here. Uh, we will be back on Sunday to talk about these two games and, and assess where the Islanders are at uh, going into the second half of December. Uh, if you have not listened to our last weird Islanders episode, it's fantastic. It's with a writer named Alex Doherty who covers the predators. And we talked about, uh, J.P. Dumont, who uh, never played for the Islanders, but it's fascinating nonetheless. We also talked about the great Terry Crisp, who's uh, been teaching Nashville about hockey for the last 30-something years and uh, loves a good cookie. So he and I have that in common and was an expansion Islander, which, I, again, I don't know if a lot of people remember. So check that out. Uh, we got another episode coming up very shortly uh, uh, next Friday. So not not two days from, you know, not the day after you hear this, but uh, next week we'll get another one going there. Uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day. You know, download our podcast, subscribe, hey, leave us a review. You know, if you want to do something nice for us at Christmas time that costs you absolutely no money whatsoever, leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs> like that is really, really a great thing. We could really appreciate it. It kind of kicks up our our star rating and uh, getting more people to uh, check out the uh, the show. Uh, thanks very much for listening, Michael Leboff. Where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Uh, now that we are into the knockout stages, how have your uh, your World Cup bets turned out? Have you, you, have know, you stabilized a little bit from uh, yeah. the group well, stage? It was funny because when we after we had Alex on the show, like right afterwards, he was like, "Oh, you know, I've been watching the World Cup. Like, would love to like throw a bet. Like, who do you like tomorrow?" And and it was the the mm. day before Japan beat Germany, so mm. we had that one. Like, and and it's <laughs> I I was all over Japan before the tournament. I I'd bet on them to make the semifinals, so I was a little upset with you know the losing mm. the penalty kicks. But you know, I bet them at a big number against Germany and against Spain. Um, so they've kind of been the good 
Um, but there's also mm. been, of course, plenty of bad too. Like, but uh, you know, it's fine. Uh, the, the World Cup. It's just like it, it. We make fun of the hockey media for talking about like best on best mm. stuff, and and I just think it's because they look at something like the World Cup. And I think that they think the Olympics is similar, like Olympic hockey is similar to it. And it's just not like the, <laughs> the world. The world cup is the, the world. Like the mm. world is watching. Ryan Miller makes a save on, you know, Alex Petrangelo in Siberia or something. <laughs> it might feel like the world is watching to right. Frank Saravalli, but mm. in re- in reality, it's it's just the same people that are watching the NHL. Like it's not. Oh, the Golden Goals, Sidney Crosby. <laughs> yeah. Okay, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. Never you know, you know, we're in the 50th anniversary of the Summit Series. Yes. Oh, God, don't you miss right. Best on Best? No. Mm. Not at all. You know, you know, we talked to uh, to some people in the know about the. Uh, uh, the World Cup of Hockey, which might happen in 2027, and and who will be on what teams and what teams will be participating? Okay, great, good for you. Who cares? Who cares? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> it's, it's, it really, it really does. Like the World Cup, really does sort of put into perspective how little people care about hockey. Like, my, isn't it my, amazing? What, yeah, my wife is a teacher. My my daughter is in the seventh grade, and they're both coming home every day talking about kids in those schools, you know, in high school or even, you know, younger grades talking about the world cup. And like, uh, my, my daughter has a lot of friends who were Polish. So like, they were all excited that Poland had made it out of the group stage and people were like, you know, pulling for these certain teams and whatever. And, uh, yeah, you, you don't get that from, yeah. from this. You know, you yeah. You didn't have anybody coming home being like, Oh man, Chris Kirsten's good, good Lifskis, you know, <laughs> made 62 saves and they almost beat right. Latvia, almost beat Canada. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. You're, are you? Well, you mean you, Team right. Europe was in the finals of the uh, the World Cup of Hockey? No way. I'm so excited. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. It it is. I mean, right. yeah. It, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, anyways, the, the World Cup. It's been it's been a you know hectic yeah. and as as crazy as I thought it would be. And uh, that's cool. Yeah. Now now we get you know the the business end of the World Cup. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where where it get, really matters. So the the fr- fr- France versus England. On uh, Saturday, hundred the Hundred Years War sequel. <laughs> yeah, that, go, that goes back back a, a a little bit ways before uh, yeah. soccer was invented. Like that's the other thing too. It's like wow, yeah. Canada versus the United States. What a rivalry! Like no man, like <laughs> King Henry the Seventh, who started the Tudor dynasty. Like he sailed yeah. from France to like take over and start this huge dynasty in England. And you know that yeah. was right at the the foot at the Hundred Years War. Like these these this is a rivalry, man. Like these yeah these these kind of like. It's just when I watched yeah. that uh, when Spain beat uh, Costa Rica seven to nothing, and I was like, mm, "That feels really significant," you know. Like yeah, I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's pretty bad." Uh, so yeah, yeah, a lot more riding on this than than Ryan Miller's foot or Sidney Crosby's goal or whatever. So anyway, but uh, yeah, so enjoy if you're all watching. I know Dom is watching, so uh, and a lot of people are watching. So take a look. So keep keep enjoying it because uh, we don't know what the Islanders have in store for us. Yeah. So I uh, hope you can find a, a World Cup team to ride for the next couple of days. But uh, we'll be back in a few. And uh, follow Mike uh, on, at the Big Lebowski and read his work at Action Network, obviously. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of days for uh, to an- analyze these uh, two division games. All right. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later. And uh, that's it. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.